What's up, guys? Brett Apple here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks for UFC Vegas 29, which is the Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. Should be a fun card. It's actually not my favorite slate in the world. I mean, there's not. We're, we're coming off a huge UFC 263. We got UFC 264, I believe, with McGregor Poirier coming up. Um july 10th so this is kind of just a filler slate but uh as usual going to give you my favorite cash game play tournament play salary play and my fade of the week before we get into that make sure you subscribe to the channel guys like the video comment below who your favorite DraftKings play of the week is always interested in reading those comments and thank you for the support i mean there's so much great content as always here on the mayo media network and not just with the quick picks for mma we have the dogger pass podcast with paul shaughnessy cody Safdick. Mad Labs got his MMA main event breakdown and so much other good stuff. I've been watching all the Euros content this uh, past several days. Um, just an excellent uh, a platform, and thanks to Pat and his team for having me on again. Let's get into it. My favorite cash game play this week is going to be Sergey Spivak at 9.2K. All right, so I already mentioned it at the start, but it's, it's a very awkward slate. I mean, the level of talent top to bottom on this card is just it's it's pretty low and there aren't many spots that i'm excited to pay up for um i do think spivak is a pretty strong play in cash games though generally he's not a fighter i would ever want to target but he's 9.2k against alexi olenic and he's one of the biggest favorites on the slate at minus 230 he also has the biggest inside distance line on the slate by far at minus 150 in a fight that is minus 550 to end inside the distance. And Spivak's not a great talent, but he, he can strike a little bit. He's landed 3.7 takedowns per 15 minutes, and Alexi Olenek is you know, north of 40 years old. He's coming off another knockout loss, this time to Chris Dawkins in the first round. He's not the most durable you know, he's experienced and he's tricky and maybe he can catch Spivak in an Ezekiel choke. But outside of that, I don't see him having a ton of success here. And again, if you're trying to pay up, I mean, there's so many risks. Bruno Silva, 8.8K risk. Parisian, 8.7 risk. Chaos Williams risk. Diego Lima risk. And so if you're paying, you know, to the very top, it's Alexa Kamur, who's not a strong talent, but facing weak competition, Sergey Spivak or Marlon Vera fighting Davy Grant, and Marlon Vera has already lost that fight. So um, there, there aren't as many obvious cash game plays on this slate as usual. However, I do think Spivak is a strong target, and I think he's going to be pretty popular in cash. Other inside distance lines in this range, Kamur's north of plus 200, and I think Vera's around plus 170 or so. So minus 150 inside the distance for Spivak is really good as a fighter who has a grappling you know, path to victory. And he's coming off uh, two wins in a row. He scored 132 against Jared Vandera, 101 against Carlos Felipe, and his other win, 120 against Tai Tuivasa. So he scores very well and wins. A big favorite so you're getting safety in that sense and he still has high upside with his inside the distance line the way i would kind of play this is in tournaments i think you'll have an opportunity to go the other way a little bit if you want 
Um, because the fight is minus 550 to end inside the distance, far and away the most likely fight to end inside the distance on the entire slate. And Olenek is priced very cheaply at 7K. So he's going to be a little bit of a leverage target in tournaments in that sense. And if Olenek wins, it's probably by early submission and he's going to end up on the optimal lineup. So maybe you can consider um, being heavy on this fight in tournaments, maybe being a little bit overweight to the field on Olenek in tournaments as well. But I think Spivak's going to be the more popular play. Spivak is the better play. And certainly for cash games at 9.2K, he is my play there of the week. All right, let's move on to tournaments. And I'm going to give out Lara Procopio at 8.5K. She's fighting Casey O'Neill. And <laughs> Procopio isn't a great talent either. However... She's fought twice in the UFC, and she's had two pretty solid offensive production performances. In her UFC debut, she lost to Carol Hosa, but she landed 165 significant strikes in three rounds. And in her most recent fight, she beat Molly McCann and landed seven takedowns. So she fights at a pretty high pace. She's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, capable of wrestling against weaker opponents, and if she's forced to stand and trade, we know she has the volume in her back pocket. Um, and I think she's a better grappler than Casey O'Neill. O'Neill is very young and inexperienced and, and maybe a solid prospect. O'Neill might have a physicality advantage here. But I don't see, you know, O'Neill's coming off a win against Shauna Dobson in which she took her down and beat her up. I don't really see that path to victory being there for O'Neill in this matchup because Procopio is a better submission grappler. I do think there's going to be ground exchanges, so I do think the winner of this fight scores pretty well. But like I said, Procopio has takedown upside, and she has volume upside, and she's 8.5K, minus 150 favorite, um, fairly safe. I don't think she's likely to get finished. And I think in a win, she's pretty likely to exceed at least 10x. I'm not sure about 100 points. She might need a, you know, more of a ceiling performance to get that done. But, you know, grappling scores so well. And in that fight against McCann, Procopio put up 110 points in a decision. So it's, it's, you know, she controlled the fight for nearly 13 minutes. It's certainly in her wheelhouse here. I think O'Neill's going to want the fight on the mat. And against Carol Hosa, in a loss, she put up 67 points. If she had gotten the decision win, that would have been 97. So for 8.5K, you know, she's one of the few non knockout or bust fighters in this range i'm willing to take a chance on her i think she's got a pretty good floor multiple paths to victory including grappling which we like against a theoretical weaker grappler um and at 8.5k there she is going to be my tournament play of the week all right let's move on to my salary play of the week i'm gonna go with wellington termon at 7.4k termon is the underdog here taking on newcomer Bruno Silva, not the flyweight Bruno Silva. This is middleweight. And Silva is, let's see, Silva is 19-6 and six professionally. He most recently won the M1 championship, which is a pretty solid regional organization, well, in Russia. Uh, but that was in 2018. And he tested positive for some anabolic steroid after that fight. When the UFC tried to bring him in, he was given a two-year suspension from USADA. So uh, Silva has not fought since 2018, and he's coming off a multi-year steroid-based suspension. And I just, I, I don't really 
buy into him. Um, he has some knockout upside, so you know I don't hate him. He's got 16 of his 19 career wins by knockout, and perhaps he can win by knockout here. Termon was is coming off a loss by knockout to Andrew Sanchez, so there's definitely a question in that sense. However, Silva in his losses hasn't looked great. Five of his six pro losses have come by submission. I've seen him taken down many times on the regional scene. I've seen him give up his back many times. And Termon's a pretty solid wrestler and grappler. And in the UFC, he's already had some success. Uh, he landed two takedowns against Marcus Perez and four takedowns against Carl Roberson. He's a good submission grappler. He likes to take the back. So I think that path to victory is going to be there for him. And his loss against Andrew Sanchez, you know, Andrew Sanchez is a national champion collegiate wrestler. And that made it, made Termon's path of victory more difficult. But against a weaker grappler in Silva, who's going to want to keep the fight standing, I think the takedowns can come for Termon, especially if this fight gets extended. I really don't trust Silva on the ground. And also, I'm not convinced that Silva is, you know, I, I, I think there's a chance that he's fraudulent, so to speak. So there, you know, maybe his success did come in large part because he was fighting in Russia, juiced up on steroids. And now after this long layoff, I'm not certain that he's going to come in in his best form. There's a lot of narrative there, but Tremont's only 7.4K. So it's not like, it's not like a, a huge risk. You know, if Silva wins, so be it. But Tremont is 7.4K as a plus 115 underdog with submission upside. He's only plus 260 inside the distance, but Silva's never lost by decision. So if Termon wins this fight at all, I think it comes from takedowns to some degree. I think he has very high upside. I think he's very, very likely to exceed value in any sort of win and a good chance to be on the optimal lineup. So strong value play there with grappling upside and a narrative. I like Termon as my salary play of the week at 7.4K. Okay, moving on to my fate of the week. To be completely honest, if you told me that you wanted to fade any fighter like north of 8.5K, I would think that was fine because, you know, we mentioned Spivak as a standout with its inside the, inside the distance line. I think it makes sense to get exposure to that fight as a whole, but there's a lot of red flags with every single fighter in this range, and a lot of them are finisher bust. So I'm just going to give you a fighter who... I think is not as likely to smash as the others, and that's Diego Lima at 9K against Matt Brown. And look, Matt Brown has been hurt a lot, and he's been hurt to the body a lot. He's been hurt to the chin a lot, and he can be taken down. So Lima has just as much upside as every other fighter, but he doesn't really push a pace and that's a big concern of mine. He's minus 170 against Matt Brown, but let me pull up his numbers here. Um, Lima only lands 3.14 significant strikes per minute. He's absorbing 3.93, and he lands 1.3 takedowns per 15 minutes. So, you know, he's coming off a loss in which he landed 69 strikes and zero takedowns. Prior to that, he... Landed 32 strikes in a decision and two takedowns against a very weak opponent. Prior to that, he won a decision and landed 65 strikes. Like, he could hurt Matt Brown, but I'm more interested in fighters who are going to hunt for the knockout and hunt for takedowns and submissions. And I kind of think Lima's just going to do whatever Matt Brown wants. Back himself up to the cage, 
throw a few strikes here and there, maybe get a takedown, hold top position. I think his floor is pretty reasonable in a win, but I'm not as convinced that he's just going to blow Brown out of the water. He's plus 260 inside the distance, which is not a great line for 9K. Um, like I said, I, I could see him winning by knockout, so you can play him. It's just I'd probably rather take a shot on Spivak, Commerce facing a, a, a really bad opponent. Marlon Vera, you know, Davy Grant's been knocked down a bunch of times, so I think he's viable. Chaos Williams has a very good inside distance line. There's ar arguments for Bruno Silva and Parisian, so I just I, I, Lima falls lower on the priority list for me. He doesn't push enough pace, um, which means he's not going to get there with volume. He's only landed two takedowns in his last eight fights combined. So, yeah, maybe he gets two takedowns here, but I just don't think that's going to be enough to smash either. Um, in that last decision win, he scored 61 total points with two takedowns. So I really do think he needs an early knockout. And as much as it's theoretically possible with Matt Brown, um, I don't have enough conviction in him to play him over the other fighters in this range. And therefore, he's going to be my fade of the week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you for the support again. I know it's not the best slate in the world, but uh, there's still some big prizes on DraftKings and across the industry. So uh, good luck in your contest this week. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brad Apley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. And we you know, we did write up every single fight on the slate. As always, got a podcast, ranking, rankings, projections, all that good stuff. So check it out if you are interested in the more in-depth analysis. Uh, thanks again to Pat for having me on the channel. Make sure you subscribe and like the content. And until then, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.